The following program is a specialty program. Unless otherwise identified, the participants on the program are not employees of Chorus Entertainment. Opinions expressed may not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Well, 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 it is uh, 11 minutes after, uh, 7 minutes after 11 o'clock here on the Pinpoint Health Show. Dr. Lou in attendance, of course, and reaching out with your uh, concerns, be it... Uh, Health, uh, give us a call, 416-870-6400. Phone lines are open, wide open, and ready for you. you got some issues either for yourself or calling on behalf of a uh, family member or colleague, no problem. Bring on Dr. Lou here to uh, to answer all that. How you doing, pal? Hey, John, I'm good. How are you? I am excellent. It's Saturday, and we're going to get going over here for the next hour. What uh, What's the plan today? Let's do it. Um, you know, let's let's take the anybody listening that has calls about their health. I think it's important. Uh, one of the things that I think we really need to remember throughout um, this whole pandemic is that health, the other health problems that unfortunately we can also come to, um, don't take a break because uh, COVID-19 exists. And so um, there's a lot of other things that um, unfortunately affect uh, us, the population, uh, in terms of our health. And, and those things need to be looked at, looked after as well. And that's something that I think that I've spoken about since uh, the beginning of this pandemic, as important as it is to make sure that we're doing the right things for the virus, which are critical, um, it's equally, in my opinion, critical that we don't forget uh, the other aspects of our health and make sure that we're taking care of things um, that are important because we don't want scenarios where people are going undiagnosed uh, with serious problems. Um, and, you know, I shouldn't only say serious problems. Uh, really, healthcare is about is about wellness it's about being well and so uh it shouldn't just be a matter of you know you know take care of the serious problems and not the the not so serious problems i think we should be taking care of everything um and there are resources out there to do that one of the things you know the one of the roles that pinpoint health fills in the allied health space and that's not just pinpoint health but a lot of other um healthcare providers that are in this space physiotherapists chiropractors chiropractors um, massage therapists, um, you know, other people in community settings, those professionals help to offload the, the frontline healthcare workers. So one of the things that why we were deemed essential as, a, as an example in the beginning was, you know, if we're not around, let's say, let's say a group of chiropractors aren't around to take care of people's acute low back pain, well, those people are going to present to a hospital. And, and, and a hospital is also where people are presenting with COVID. And so I don't right. have to really go through the math to show you how it all adds up and how that could be a dangerous thing. So healthcare is not just a hospital. That's an important thing that people have to understand, that it's about the community clinics that exist as well, walk-in clinics, uh, urgent care centers, and utilizing the different aspects of healthcare when the right time is. Uh, and that falls to the individuals as well to know when that right time is. You know, when do you go to an emergency room versus going to a walk-in clinic versus going to your chiropractor? Um, and these are things that I think are very important that we we take advantage, that we do our part, the citizens, um, to take advantage of these other community allied health services so that we don't put too much bearing on the medical system uh, in, in terms of and when I say medical system I mean I mean the emergency rooms because you know we've heard stories John you and I on this show where people you know have gone into emergency rooms and I've sort of said well what why would you go into an emergency room for that right and so 
this is an important thing. We can't be inundating that part of the system with things that are probably better served elsewhere anyways. And this is a critical point on why I sort of speak about this every week and even prior to COVID is because, you know, if we can teach the population how to utilize healthcare services in, in the right way, in a systematic way, then we can essentially prevent issues like we're facing today. And this is a big problem that, again, I think I've been speaking about for years, where, you know, we don't do a good job educating the population on when they should utilize certain services. And because we don't do that, we get to a time like this where we have a health crisis. And unfortunately, the thing that's suffering most in the health crisis is our healthcare system. And that's a fundamental problem. It exposes a lot of fundamental deficiencies that were present even before this uh, virus. And I think that needs to be looked at at some point. But for the purpose of today's show, my point is that people still have other things going on outside of just COVID-19. And so if you have other things going on, you shouldn't be ignoring those things. And I remember it must have been one of the first few weeks like into the original lockdown, John, where I sort of gave the example of, you know, we might think of musculoskeletal injuries as absolutely benign. But let's take, you know, an example that's very common, unfortunately. But let's take someone who's in their 70s that was supposed to have a knee replacement. That knee replacement was delayed because of whatever reason. And, you know, they're already in excruciating pain. Their physical activity as a result of being in that excruciating pain and not having uh, means to, to get any other services rendered. Uh, means that they continue living living in pain. They likely, that's going to affect their sleep. That's one of the things we know well about severe arthritis is it affects their sleep. It's going to affect their ability to move during the day, uh, which is going to in turn affect their cardiovascular health, uh, which in turn will probably affect their mental health as all of this starts to uh, sort of fall apart. And so, you know, something that seems benign just in, in a phrase where we say, oh, a knee, a knee issue, right? That seems like a benign enough phrase. But remember, life doesn't, you know, when you look at these problems, you're not looking at it at a static point in time. When I see a patient, I'm also thinking, what is the realm of possibilities of their future? And so in doing that, that's when it's pretty simple to see that you can create a pretty bad spiral for that person um, where they live in pain, their cardiovascular health falls, they're not sleeping well, uh, their mental health is not going well. And like, keep, keep going with that story, right? Keep creating that spiral. Yeah. And you'll see that that can lead to something pretty devastating. Uh, and that's not, you know, this isn't something that's like, well, that might affect, you know, 0.001. No, a lot of people are dealing with this type of thing. A lot of people are dealing with injuries. I've had people call me during this time that have had like some type of musculoskeletal injury and it's, and they're in such excruciating pain that they'll a, a lot of the time say phrases like I'm at my wit's end. I don't know what to do anymore. That's not a healthy place for anyone to be in. Um, and it's frustrating. And so, and it's not just frustrating for them. It's frustrating for me sitting here doing what I do. When I look at this and think, how did we ever get into this mess? How did we, how do we have such a fundamental problem in the way that we deliver healthcare, that this is the mess that we're in, that, you know, what we as citizens of this province of this country expect is that in a health crisis, our healthcare system would be there for us. And it seems to be one of the things that's most affected. And, and it's disheartening in all honesty to know that. Um, and I think, I think this isn't, I'm not putting the blame on anybody because this is, this is years and years and years and decades of all of this building up. But I think what we need to do now is we need to come together 
and look at this and, and say, what can we do better? And, and, you know, without relying on a system to change, which can take a long, long time, my call to action is to the individuals, the listeners. What can you now do um, to utilize healthcare better, to think of the other professionals that might be available to help you with your issues, right? So many people, you know, chiropodists are a good example. So many people have foot problems and things like that where they're going to their family doctor. They're going to their family doctor, and you very rarely hear about chiropodists and, and foot specialists, and, and that should be a service that's utilized for those things. And so we have all of these other great professionals available to us to help with a lot of these things, and yet they're underutilized, and they're underutilized because of lack of education around the utilization of these professionals. Can you just, by the way, when you're speaking of those type of chiropodists, can, can you just call one up and go, or is that a referral service? No, it's usually primary care. One of the things that's interesting about most of these allied health professionals is that they are primary care for that very reason. So whether we're talking about a chiropodist, a chiropractor, a physiotherapist, uh, a massage therapist, those are primary contacts, so you can go. Now, the, the next question that people will say is, yeah, but, you know, for me to uh, get my physiotherapy covered by my insurer, I need a referral. Uh, right. and that's not always the case. That's actually very rarely the case anymore, um, but that would be the second part. But that doesn't mean it's primary. It's not primary care. If you can go there without a referral, it means it's a primary area of contact, and it's no different you know, we've done a pretty good job when we think about the dental world. We all know that if we have a dental problem, most people don't just go to their family doctor with a dentist with a dental issue. They know to go to their dentist. And, you know, most people, and I would say eyes are not as good either, right? Like, you know, people have eye issues and still go to a walk-in clinic. But, you know, there's an optometrist and you've got a spine-related issue. There's chiropractors and you've got a knee issue. And there's, you know, people like physiotherapists and you've got, you know, foot fungus and there's chiropodists. And so we can eliminate inundating the healthcare system with these things by just using the people who actually specialize in those areas far more and, and are, have a specialized knowledge about those areas of the body and how to treat the different ailments that may um, result in those areas. And so, you know, the dental example is a great example where we've done a good job in society on education and people know, like, I can't think of too many people that won't go to their dentist. That's what yep. we have to do for everything else. Sick care versus health care. I want to have that discussion when we come back. In the meantime, you got plenty of time to call with your uh, particular issue. You want to have a chat about it. Uh, phone lines are open. That's why the show is here. It's a live show. It's for you. 416-870-6400. Pinpoint Health Show continues. This is Global News Radio. December 19th at 1120, the unofficial Christmas show of the Pinpoint Health Show, because uh, next Saturday we'll probably be... Uh, Drunk on eggnog somewhere on the couch after Christmas, but uh, but there you go, pal. 416-870-6400. You have something to say. You have health concerns. Uh, call. Call the show. It's a phone-in show. It's a live-in show. Live call-in show. That's uh, that's why we do it. 416-870-6400. Penny, thank you for, uh, for holding on there for a moment. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing very well. How are you doing today? Well, we're better now that you're here. What's, uh, what's on your mind? Uh, yes, I'm an operator of a barber shop in Brampton, and I have gone above and beyond protocol to mm-hmm. protect my clients as well as myself. I'm safer than Walmart. I'm safer than Costco. Okay. Yet I take one person at a time, and yet I'm not allowed. And for me, it's not doing hair. 
it's a business that I have been working uh, at for a good chunk of 16 years at this location, and I've got generations of clients. And I ask the questions. I do my contact tracing. Nobody has been ill, yet their mental state is getting really bad now. You bet it because is. Mm-hmm. I'm getting fo- frantic phone calls now, so I don't know what to do, and I don't appreciate it, and I don't understand why. <laughs> Any reason? <laughs> uh, I mean, that to me sounds very much like a political question. I am not a politician. I'm a, I'm a healthcare professional, and and I'm not, you know, I'm oh, yeah, not prepared. Because I, uh, yeah, because I'm there for their mental health. Because if you look good, you feel good. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. I, I, I can appreciate that. My family's in the hairdressing world as well, so uh, I can totally appreciate how important it is for people to uh, look and feel well, well for their mental health. And, you know, this and is... And like, we're psychologists as well. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean... <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, uh, it, it's an interesting question on why certain things and why not others. I, I'm not the the person or the professional that's you know looked at these things to see what's been put in place i think there's some fundamental flaws there as well um oh, and so you know that is again that goes to understanding and and sort of once we're sort of maybe past this where they're going to have to look at everything and say okay in the event that these things happen again what are the measures that actually you know, create a difference. Like, as an example, one thing that's uh, been sort of spoken about now is the idea that, you know, these services where you can ship things out and there's warehouses, you know, people forget that when you order something on a computer, there still has to be people somewhere mm-hmm. to fulfill that. And and, right. and 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 people forget that, right? It's not like this package just magically appears. And so there's the concern that a lot of these warehouses, uh, that that may actually be a massive source of spread. And so, you know, there's, I don't know the way politicians do this. I don't know how they react. I think a lot of it is media pressure, right? You're damned if you do, damned if you don't. Uh, and there's a lot of things that happen that, that sort of have led us uh, here. A lot of it may just be following the herd mentality, right? As one government does something, you just follow because if you don't, um, you're, you're seen as the outcast and, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, then you're sort of blamed for everything. There's lots of research to show that a lot of the different mandates that have happened haven't actually made the impact that was desired. And so I am a proponent simply for following the science and, and looking at the scientific things, you know, and if science shows that, say, for example, shutting down hair salons is, is the answer, then, then I'll go that way. I haven't seen that. Um, and I haven't seen that for a lot, a lot of things. And so that seems to be, uh, you know, an underlying issue that I think we're all frustrated with. And I think, you know, the reality is everybody that you talk to feels the same level of frustration. And it's funny because when you hear the media, you would think that, you know, everybody's just on, on board with, the, with what's been implemented. But I genuinely feel that probably the vast, vast majority of the population um, feels that this could have been done better. Now, that's speculation on my part. But anyways, not to get off on, on a tangent, I, I, you know, I'm sorry for what you're going through. And I would say, you know, call your, your local MPP and MP and let them know how frustrated you are. Appreciate the call, Penny. But uh, yeah, I mean, from a business angle, a political angle, I understand what she's saying. But yeah, the uh, you know, in the wake of all that, there is there is going to be, and it's proven already that there's a lot of people that are suffering 
uh, and going to be suffering more mental illness because of this. Because I mean, we're not even talking to people that can't get to doctors. We're talking to people that have lost their livelihoods. I mean, this is going to yeah. have a massive effect in years to come. And as you mentioned, it's cyclical. Once your mental state is no good, then your physical state deteriorates. Once your physical state starts to deteriorate, then your mental state. As Penny said, they don't like the way they look. That that brings about a host of 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 other problems. So yeah, I think it's, you know, there's going to be a lot of looking back over the next decade when this thing is all over, woulda, coulda, shoulda, and maybe next time do it a little better. But uh, one of the things I, you know, we talked about earlier in this week, I thought was fascinating. And you're actually the first person who's actually brought this to light. And I thought it was really cool. And I'd love to start some sort of, some, some rally, some sort of thing to get people on board with this. And the difference between, as you called it, sick care between healthcare. And the difference being is we treat the healthcare system and use it as sick care, meaning it's kind of once you're already at a certain place where you need the healthcare, that's what it gets implemented. Not enough money and time is spent on the precursor of that saying, people, here's how, here's what we should be spending our money. And to your point, the allied networks getting people healthier off the hop so we don't have to use this as health care so we can take some of the yeah. burden off the effects when people are finally sick we don't spend nearly enough time or money on that i think you're i yeah. think you're bang on with that one yeah and it, and and again i'm someone that doesn't just look at systems i look at individuals and what we as each of us as individuals can do and and i think that's the same problem like it, it all starts there we utilize the vast majority of people that you speak to will utilize the system as sick care, which means, and sick care doesn't mean whether you're a medical doctor or a chiropractor or whatever. What it means is the way you're utilizing it. Are you, are you treating your patients in a preventative way? Are you encouraging preventative measures? Or are you just treating their symptoms when they finally have something? And that goes for the individual suffering from these things as well. There's plenty of people out there, and this is why, one of the things that I'll often speak about, John, let's take the example of low back pain. You know, a lot of the times by the, someone, by the time someone has actually come to see me, they've gone so far that they're in a very bad state. And then we've had people, and we've heard this phone call a million times, the story of like, you know, you, you talk to somebody who's in this excruciating low back pain now, it's constantly there. And as you dig in the history and you're like, well, when did this start? It's like, oh, you know, I had it 20 years ago and it would happen and I just sort of ignored it. And then, you know, a year later it would happen and I'd ignore it. And so you've got to stop there and look and say, well, you know, some level of blame has to go to the individual to say, well, why didn't you do anything at that point? Why, why was there nothing done there? And, and, you know, a lot of the times I'll hear, oh, you know, I did, I went somewhere and and, uh, they just told me that I had to do exercises, but I never did it. And so they're sort of trying to blame the system. And it's like, yeah, but you were told what you had to do and you didn't do it at that point. And I see Mm -hmm. people in acute scenarios and and are sort of looking or mild problems because prevention doesn't necessarily only have to happen at its, you know, when you're in your worst state. It could also happen when you see a small little problem. And a good example is like, you know, if you see someone, if a family doctor sees someone who's complaining of a lot of heartburn, right? You know, and I've had people who have talked to me about heartburn, and I don't specialize in that. But, you know, I see a common theme in that. And a lot of people that talk about acid reflux, you know, they have a very poor diet. And, you know, they're not cleaning up the, the way they're eating, and they're starting to gain weight. And so I've said, well, you know, it's sort of a result of the things you're putting in your mouth. And, you know, if you sort of take that advice at that point, you could prevent a lot of problems. But if you keep going down that road, it's not just the heartburn anymore, and it's not just the acid reflux. Now it's the, the heart disease that you've developed and the diabetes and all these other things. And so 
we as individuals don't see the importance of prevention and, and how many people out there are doing a lot of behaviors, whatever they may be, smoking, drinking in excess, and whatever that they know are bad for them. They know that that's bad for their health. And so then there's this reliance on sick care where we're trying to finally treat the, the eventual symptoms or the eventual disease that so often is a result of things that could have been done and you could have prevented it. And prevention doesn't mean that it always prevents it in 100% of cases, mm -hmm. but it can help to mitigate it. It could help if it does happen to decrease its intensity and all of those things. And so a good example is COVID, right? Where we know people that have chronic lifestyle factors tend to do worse with COVID. Now, that doesn't mean that if you're in great health, you, you, you've got, you eat all the right foods, you exercise, you do all those things, that you're not gonna get COVID but your response to it could be better, right? You may not be in that, in that high risk category. For you, it might just be one of those things that's a simple flu-like type of symptom and you know, a few days of, of crappiness and you're over it. And, and that's the advantage of why prevention is so important and why wellness is important because you diminish your likelihood of, of severe sickness with anything and, you, and severe illness and severe disability. We know this stuff. Another, you know, and I'm ranting now, but another example is people who chronically smoke. We know that those people do much worse when they sustain low back injuries, right? Just, and we're not even talking about lungs because we obviously we know what it does to the lungs and to that system, but we yeah. also know that it decreases their prognosis with something like low back pain. So we are a culture and a society full of bad behaviors and a focus on sickness when we should really be focusing on what are the preventative things that we could all be doing. And I think the system needs to move that way, which we've seen in the last number of years, right, where we move towards that uh, in terms of sc early screenings, vaccination protocols, all of these things are ways of prevention because we know that's really the way to, to work at it, to, to, to deal with it. Uh, versus waiting for the problem to occur. And this is the thing, like, you know, this is a good example. We now have a vaccine or a couple vaccines for, for coronaviruses. Well, wouldn't it have been beautiful if, if, if enough funding and research had been put towards those things previous so that when we got to this point, we could be preventing a lot of it? We're, yeah. we're now using it as a, as a prophylactic intervention, as a, as, a, as a treatment intervention, when really the point is that these things should be preventative. Um, and so I think prevention and overall health care uh, should be focused more on prevention. And that is not me saying, again, that it's got to be the system, but it's got to be you, the listener, the individual who makes that choice for yourself as well to focus on prevention and not sit care. Yeah, it's, it's just getting people past that mindset of waiting, 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 waiting. Okay, doctor, emergency room, let's get this thing fixed. I mean, it's it's the same as, you know, doing regular maintenance on your car or waiting until the transmission falls out. I mean, you just... That's right. You got to be on top of it, right? Let's take a let's take a short break here. We got lots more to go. In the meantime, want to reach out info at pinpointhealth.ca. You can go to pinpointhealth.ca, the website. Don't forget about the Lou Down. That's L O U, the Lou Down, the uh, uh, long form podcast that Doctor Lou does all the time. Where you find your favorite podcasts, you can download and watch those. They're awesome. And right here, right now, four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred Pinpoint Health Show Global News Radio. Yeah, 11.36, welcome back. Pinpoint Health Show. You want to reach out, 416-870-6400. This is a live show, of course, Saturday morning, and a chance for you to call in would be now if you got some questions, some health concerns. Uh, bring them on. we still got a, still got some time here. As Dr. Lou sticking around for the uh, the remainder of the hour. What, uh, what do we got on the docket next, pal? Where are we going? 
Yeah, so I mean, uh, down this this conversation of wellness and prevention, one of the things that I've spoken about in the last number of weeks that, that I've introduced into my practice is the genomic testing and, and the idea yes. of actually figuring out you know what makes you what are the genetic things that make you and you know i've been i've been trying to give examples of myself uh because i had it done and i did a lot of research before uh, deciding to promote something like this um but it's very important and so you know another good example and i've given a couple good examples but i was looking through my reports again and one of the gene genetic profiles that i have is that um fat is uh very easily stored with me um, and and then that, you know, can have consequences in terms of lipid levels and things like that. And the reason why that's interesting, because someone might say, well, isn't that the case for everybody? And that's not the case for everybody. There's gen- different genetic profiles that might have your ability to metabolize fat as better, uh, whereas mine was weaker. And the reason why I bring this up and I tie it always to sort of John, something you and I have talked about a lot, even personally, what diet is best for what individual, that mm-hmm. is sort of one of those things that when I see that, it's, it's a very good confirming thing that, say, a ketogenic diet for me um, may not be the best thing where you're focusing. And not, not to say that all ketogenic diets are the same, but if you're, you're focusing too much on excessive fats, then that, for me, based on my genetic profile, would predispose me to more fat um, and, and again, maybe consequently have ill health uh, consequences. So this is really important, whereas if I had the, the metabolism to metabolize fat very well and it didn't have negative consequences, then that may very well be the right diet. And that's something that even outside of this genetic testing, I've sort of, you know, been a proponent of to say, like, you know, the reality is that we're all individuals and some things will work for others and some things won't work for others. And right. this is the way that you can sort of start to navigate that, that landscape by figuring out, well, what is it that makes you the individual from a genetic standpoint? And if you know that, um, are there ways that then you can intervene or do things or, or have an effect with the desired outcome that you've been striving for so often um, that sometimes people, you know, like, and that's a good example, say like the weight loss thing and people trying different diets. A lot of the times, you know, if you're mixing between people are very short-sighted, right? So you try something for four weeks, it doesn't work, and you go on and you go on. But if you knew what your genetic profile was and you knew you could create a diet plan around that and stick with it long-term, then the, con- the, then the results of that would likely be uh, more likely to happen because you've been able to stick through it. And you can stick through it having the confidence that you know what your genetics are. I think a lot of the times people find frustration in, in not having quick results and because they're unsure they switch. But if you have some, some foundation there that says, well, no, this is what you are made of and this is, this is sort of the plan that you should stick with, then you're going to be more likely to, you know, even if you're not getting the fast results, say, well, okay, but I know this is what I need, and so then you stick with it. Uh, and so there, that helps, too, on that front. So I think that's one of the things that I've been trying to, to include uh, in, in my care for patients. And not necessarily, again, so many people will come see me for that sick care because they have an injury or whatever. And again, I'm also not saying that we shouldn't provide sick care, right? People yeah. will always take things out of context. Of course, people are injured, people are hurt, and that's what we're here for. But one of the things that I've been speaking to my patients about, because I want to be there not just for their current injuries or problems or whatever it may be, but if I can contribute overall 
to their wellness and 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 their well-being, then that is a goal that I want for you know myself, my family, my patients, and I think everyone is is a goal that I want that for. And so this is something that I've been speaking to people about. I've spoken about it on the radio a number of times um, to really get people to think about their wellness. And so if you can, and I think this is really the future, in all honesty, of wellness is understanding the genetic profile that makes you. And once you understand that, um, you, you sort of will know, uh, you know, how you can intervene. And another uh, example, John, that I've been giving is, you know, once upon a time, I used to take a, a daily multivitamin that sort of had a little bit of everything. And, you know, in my genetic profile, I was able to find some key things. And some of those things were particularly that B12, vitamin C, and vitamin D may not be at their most optimal levels with me. And so I don't metabolize them well. And so I've now converted my morning routine from a daily multivitamin that had everything in it and mm-hmm. wasn't a specialist of anything to those three. And, and because, because I know that that's what my body needs. And that's a level of information that I only got with that. Otherwise, I would just be assuming. And, you know, when I think back in my history and I understand, and clinically as a doctor, I could put pieces together where I know what those vitamins do. It's like, oh, I see, maybe that's why I always had sort of a little bit of that issue or whatever. And so... Um, it's really it's been a great benefit in terms of wanting or, or, or giving me the ability to to understand things on, on a very specific and granular level. I think that that's been a tremendous uh, impact, and I think a lot of people would benefit from that. You know, it, it's interesting, and it's I'll, I'll be doing it for sure in the new year because it sounds fascinating. But the, I mean the. The big make it or break it with this whole thing, when people hear hear you talk about this, saying, "Okay, you understand you've got a profile for yourself. You learned about, for example, this particular set of vitamins that are good or bad for you." But they're going to say, "Okay, Doctor Lou, but do you feel better? Do you feel a physical difference since you've done this and made the changes?" Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I've yeah. been, uh, you know, I've always, I, I, I've always struggled with like, you know, weight gain, weight loss. I'm sort of always up and down. I feel that that is now. Uh, understanding what's better for me uh, has made it a lot easier to to stay on an even keel, which is where I want to be. I don't like the big fluctuations. Uh, and so, yeah, no, I definitely have noticed uh, a difference. But, John, the other thing that it goes back to sort of what I was saying is because of that frustration that I often have between the things that I'm doing, I'm always changing. And so, like, every three or four months, I'm changing a little bit of the way I eat or I'm changing yep. the way I exercise or whatever – the nice thing here is now knowing what I know, I, don't, I can't comment on the long-term because I haven't gone long-term. I've been, now been doing this three or four months for me. But I can tell Excellent. you one thing. I'm done flip-flopping. Like, I know what I need to do. I know that Beautiful. I'm taking, for example, those vitamins long-term, uh, and I'm not changing that. So I think, I think the other thing here where I don't have enough foresight because just not enough time has elapsed is that I believe that a lot of the benefit comes in the long-term. Right where where I could say yeah I've stuck with something instead of for three or four months I stuck with it for two years and look at what's happened over two years and you know as I go through that period of time and as I continue to do the show I'll definitely continue updating people on that but that's where I feel like I've given myself a lot of peace of mind in that I don't have to keep trying to flip flop between different things and then let me try this supplement versus that one it's like no I know what my body doesn't process well. And nothing is going to change that because that's my genetic profile. So I'm going to supplement extra with that. 
416-870-6400. Short break and back at it. Pinpoint Health Show, Global News Radio. And welcome back. 1148 Pinpoint Health Show. Got a few minutes to go here, so you still got some time. 416-870-6400 is the way to call through with any of your uh, your questions. As far as the uh, the genome scan, the testing you were talking about, Dr. Liu, um, is it simple? How does one do it? And is it covered by OHIP or is it a pay on your own thing or how does it all work? Yep. It's it's a very simple test. It, it's something that is actually mailed to you. It's a saliva-based test, so you'll get a kit mailed um, to you that you follow the instructions, um, and then there's a way label for it to be shipped out. You send it. It will be sent to a lab at McGill University, um, and then a report is created, which is sent to you. Um, and so it's quite simple. It is not covered by OHIP. Um, and, uh, and, you know, so this is, this is one of the things with anything that's new, in healthcare, it's often it takes time before the the third party payers will catch up, right, and and want to sure. start to cover these things. But this sort of goes back to the point that we were making earlier, John, about um, sick care versus versus um, uh, prevention, and so much of prevention, um, and you know, I think requires people to also take the responsibility of of coughing up some dough when you, when you need these types of things. That's unfortunately, you know, you, you, you'll you do it for your cars and for other things, but mm-hmm. if you're not willing to do it for your health, it would be, you know, great to have it covered by the system. But, you know, I, I'm also a realist where I look at those things, like the more things we cover by our public system, the higher our taxes are, which means the less money we will individually have when we're done paying our income tax. So in one way or another, you're always paying for it. Um, but I think the... The nice thing about this is it's a one time, like, you know, if you got blood work on, say, uh, anything else that the regular blood work, a lot of the times you have to keep getting it because those levels change, right? They're often, uh, blood work is often looked at, you know, measuring levels of different things. This is sort of like an all or none thing, right? It's, it's going to tell you what your genetics are, and, and it's a one-time thing. You're not, it's not something that, you know, well, you know, in 20 years, should I do this again just in case my genes have changed? That's not what's going to happen. This is a, this is a one-time thing. Uh, it gives you a, a, a picture of who you are, genetically at this point, which is going to be the reality of the situation today, tomorrow, and the day after that, and so on and so forth. And in doing that, you can make um, have tremendous impact on your overall health and wellness, I think, if you can use some of the information that's given to you uh, by, by this screen. What's the, uh, what's the uh, cost of it, approximately? Uh, it's around $550 um, yeah. that, the, that the, the lab and the company charge. Um, but again, I think uh, a worthwhile investment for those who are um, looking to see to look at a different level uh, of their health. Right, this is something that's new in the way of looking at things. It's not something that a lot of people have had done. Uh, but the research is great. It's emerging, and it gives you again a lot of great information that you know can help prevent a lot of the things. I think this is one of those things where it's an investment, right? Because the the information that you get from this could save you a ton of money in the future oh uh, in terms of other things that you might be trying to spend your your money on in terms of health and wellness. 550 bucks. I mean, you go out and get a PlayStation 5 for the kids, a couple games, boom, you're done, and they're sitting on the couch. You know what I mean? No, this is this is absolutely, uh, I hate to use the expression, no-brainer, but it's, it truly is an investment in your uh, in your health future, especially if you're still reasonably young, too. you got a whole life to live. If you got a roadmap of what you should and shouldn't be doing, it'd be, uh, it'd be fantastic, worth every penny well, and then some. You know yeah, I mean? and, and even for those who might be older, it can, you know, sure. like we, 
if it can help in any way, this is a way that maybe doing the right things can increase longevity, right? This is this is what we don't know. We don't know the realm of possibilities. We don't know, each of us doesn't know when our expiration date is. Uh, and so getting some level of insight um, that is beneficial might very well, you know, push that expiration date further and further into the future, which is, I think, a goal that a lot of us have. Now, I know to contact you if people are interested with this thing. I mean, you're not administering this. You're just talking about it. But uh, I'm, I'm assuming that once this test comes back, very simple saliva test, as you mentioned, goes to McGill, comes back. I'm assuming that I can't just open it up and go, oh, okay, I'll read this and make complete sense of it. That That's when we have to go back to you, right, because you can yeah, break it down. Yeah, and I, and I do have to do the initial ordering of it. So, But sure. we can do that through a, a phone conversation. Um, but, yeah, you know, it, it – it does have an, enough of a report that you can get enough information as an individual. Uh, cool. But I, I think like anything, it's always going to be better. I mean, even nowadays when you do blood work, you can go to your lab, you sign up for the app, you'll get, you know, those levels and anyone can go on Google and say, okay, so my ESR is elevated. What does that mean? But I do, uh, I do think it does take a healthcare professional to sort of piece piece it all together for you and help navigate it. So, you know, I, most people that have done it have said, yeah, I, I want to have an assessment with you after to to go through this, um, just so that I sort of, uh, or so that they sort of understand exactly what it's saying and and any you know things that are there. And I, I am by no means the person that will be able to deal with all of it. So as a good example, part of what it looks at is cardiovascular health, right? And and you know I'm not a cardiologist, so if there was something there uh, that I thought you know should be looked at by someone more appropriate. I'll make that recommendation to to have them looked at by by that appropriate professional. Does it or can it uh, deal with anything? Maybe not directly, but indirectly, as as you as your your expertise is musculoskeletal. Will it give you any? any yeah. uh, oh, really, I see. This is awesome. Really. Yeah, and and that's where I got really interested in it, and why again. So. You know, when I am looking to administer it, it's often because I'm trying to figure out something to do with pain and injury, right? But, but the test is, gives you so much more than that. But a good example is B12, okay, because we talked about that with me. B12 is a very, very important vitamin that, in, that affects uh, people's ability and nerve function. So a lot of people that have, I see a lot of people that come in and have widespread numbness and tingling, like these weird issues where they're just like, you know, I've got this weird numbness and tingling issue and, you know, I, I've tried a million different things and I can't get it under control. And, you know, I assess them to make sure there's nothing concerning there. A lot of times they've already been assessed by other professionals, excuse me, other professionals and there's nothing there. So this is one of those things where we can look at it and say, well, hang on a sec. What is your genetic profile in that regard? Because if you are like me, and remember when I was saying it helped me to piece together parts of the puzzle for me, I, for a very long time, for the last decade, have dealt with weird numbness and tingling in my hands. And, you know, when I was younger and that initially happened, I went through all types of testing to make sure it wasn't something more serious and whatnot. Mm. And, 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 you know, although it wasn't serious, it's still something that I was dealing with. And now, again, knowing that information and supplementing to a proper level with B12, I've almost eliminated that completely. And so that's an important thing. That's an important level of information that someone who is frustrated, right? A lot of people get to the point where it's like, I'm frustrated. I've, I've been dealing with this. I've seen everybody. They, everyone tells me there's nothing I can do. 
this is the new thing. This is something that can give you a level of picture of yourself where there might be something exposed there that says, aha, there we go. Like, you know, and just to be clear in terms of B12, you can get your B12 tested in regular blood work, but that tells you the level of B12. What this tells you is your abilities, your body's ability to process B12. That is vastly more important because when I got my B12 levels looked at, that was one of the things that was initially looked at when I had all that weird numbness and tingling. My B12 levels were normal. And this is the thing that's important, but it's not your level. It's how your body can use that level to transition it into what it needs. That's not, that's not on the blood work. That's what this tells me. This tells me, yeah, but you have the right levels of B12. They're just not getting transitioned enough. So what I have to do is just up my B12 levels even more so that what does get converted finally gets converted to the level that I need. So although it, may, it seemed like it was in the normal range for me, it's not in the normal range of who I am as a genetic as a, as a genetic individual. I needed more, and and that was a, a level of information that I wouldn't have otherwise known. Reach out if you want more information on this. It is really really cool stuff. Again, it's one eight five 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 Doctor Lou D R L O U. Info at pinpointhealth.ca as well, and we'll leave it for there for another week. The Pinpoint Health Show on Global News Radio. The preceding program is a specialty program. Unless otherwise identified, the participants on the program are not employees of Chorus Entertainment. Opinions expressed may not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.